Welcome to this week's episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites, brought to you by Bergen Community College and the Office of Student Life and Conduct. In each episode, we will introduce you to someone who can help make the most of your college experience. Welcome to this week's episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. Today is January 27th, and we will be previewing Bergen Community College's Black History Month celebration with Maureen Ellis Davis and Deborah Manning. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we really appreciate you guys showing up. Uh, Maureen, can you give us a little, a small brief background about yourself and how you got started at Burren Community College? Um, I have been in higher education most of my professional life. I started out um, really in research, but um, because I had a young child, um, the academic world suited me better. <laughs> Anybody with small children knows that it's really good to be not working when they're not in school. So I um, switched to academics and have been teaching ever since. I spent the bulk of my years at um, CUNY, City University of New York, uh, between City College and York College. And I spent a bit of time um, at St. Francis College in Brooklyn, downtown Brooklyn. But um, as my son got older and I really wanted to focus more on the teaching and not the research, I decided to move to the community college. And that's what brought me to Bergen. Because for faculty in the four-year schools, in the universities, there's a big emphasis on being involved in research. And that takes away from your time to be able to actually um, devote your energies to teaching. In the community colleges, the emphasis is on teaching rather than research. And that's where I wanted to be. So that brought me to Bergen in 2009. And I've been here ever since. And my family is wondering when I'm going to leave. (laughs) And I don't know when that will be because I really enjoy working with the students. I I love helping people learn. So that's what brought me here. Thank you. Uh, Deborah, I'd like to ask you the same thing. Sure, sure. So, wow, where do I begin? I, um, what brings me to Bergen? Well, um, I serve currently now in a position of assistant dean of adjunct administration. But let me step back a bit. So prior to um, moving into that role, I have had um, worked in the private sector where I had over 20 plus years of human resource um, background. And so many people had always said, why do you, you know, what happened when you stay there? So I came to Bergen actually, um, having worked in the private sector um, in HR, but in the benefits capacity and HRS capacity, um, and then, you know, um, made a transition and started looking at other opportunities. And Bergen came about and um, moved into the um, HR 
uh, department. But then I, um, you know, having had taught also um, in human resources, having that background, had also taught in the private sector um, at a technical school for several years. You know, I always had that quench of wanting to be able to um, to teach again. And I love being able to share what I know and my knowledge with others, especially students and growing. And that was an adult um, community that I was teaching at that time. So when I got to Bergen and working in the HR department, I decided, you know what? Let me get into the adjunct department and see if I can um, share my knowledge and start teaching again. And lo and behold, an opportunity presented itself where the um, the um, director at the time, the adjunct office, you know, um, became unfortunately ill, and I served in an interim role as um, as the overseer of that department, um, along with. Um, Jim Miller at the time, who's no longer with us, he's retired, but um, it was a great opportunity. And then here we are, opportunity, another opportunity arises, and I'm able now to apply for the role in a full-time position. And so while I do teach as an adjunct, um, part-time adjunct professional, I'm also filling in, I'm also serving the adjunct population, which is at this present time, roughly over 600 and some odd adjuncts. And so it's such a very rewarding opportunity. I absolutely love it. I get to do what I I feel I've found my, my what do you call it? What do I call it, Maureen? I mean, it's just like I, your niche. You're calling? My niche. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. Like, I absolutely love what I do. Yeah. I absolutely love working with the adjuncts. They're a great group. And, you know, it's like I, I couldn't ask for a better um a better position, um, a place to be in in my life right now. And so that's how, you know, I arrived here. And, um, you know, and it's so funny because even with the HR background, I'm still able to um, use those skills that I've learned, you know, along the way and um, still implement them. And so, um, so far, you know, everything has been really working out well. And I'm, I'm, I've been very grateful for the opportunity. All right. thank, thank you both of you for answering sure. my question. And I'm sure the students and faculty are glad to have both of you here still. Mm -hmm. uh, Maureen, I'll ask you this next question. Uh, since you've started in higher education, how has the Black History Month celebration evolved? Mm. <laughs> it has evolved. It definitely has evolved. And one of the most significant ways in which it has evolved is, is that uh, it, it is not really seen so much as um, a point in time anymore as it is seen something that needs to be woven throughout uh, conversations. And that, that's the most recent change that I have seen. Um, originally, um, Black History Month wasn't a month, it, it was a week. It was a week um, organized by um, Carter Woodson. Carter Woodson, who is a really talented um, historian, African-American, who, who wanted to recognize and, and, and have people really understand uh, the contributions that African-Americans were making to this society in general, um, you know, celebrating the unsung heroes. And he, in, in 1915, got together with um, 
Jesse Moreland, who was a minister and organized um, an association. It's the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, and it's still going today. And, and this association felt that to really spread the word of the accomplishments, achievements, and contributions of, of Negroes, they would set aside a week that they would just highlight this as best they could the association could, they would sponsor all kinds of events and, you know, recognize uh, this, this cohort in 90. And they established it as Negro History Week and hoped to make it a national event. Uh, they, they chose the second week in February and uh, that was not by accident, it was because that was the week in which two prominent um, people associated with the history of African-Americans in the country were born, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. They were both born in that week. So that was the week they chose to make it um, Negro History Week. And this actually took off. It was, it was designated um, the week in 1926. And it grew in popularity over the course of the 20th century. And I mean, it really took off so that you would have civic groups having celebrations, plays, uh, contests, parades. Um, teachers started teaching about um, the history of Blacks in America during that week uh, in their classrooms. Colleges started to promote it. And then the civil rights era came upon us. Mm -hmm. And this actually, this was an era of identity and self-identity. And this was a time when um, people started to think, maybe we need to do a little more than just one week. And by 1976, President Gerald Ford actually made it official, not a week, but a month, and uh, called it Black History Month, and encouraged people to go out and make an effort to learn about the history, to share information, to celebrate accomplishments, and um, recognize the extent to which African Americans were part of the society rather than just um, a single component, you know, little mm -hmm. group within it. You know, many people, most historians I know, say that you can you can tell the history of the U.S. just by looking at the history of African Americans. You don't have to look at any other group. And because so much of what has happened with the society is woven through that um, that particular cohort. So it, it is important that we have this month, but it is also important that this month not take place just one month in the year. Right, and it's forgotten, exactly. And it's forgotten, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now that we've sort of gotten the the historical and national perspective, and that, that was great information. Thank you, thank you so much. Let's uh, you know fast forward to twenty twenty one and zoom into Bergen Community College. I know we have a great slate of programs scheduled for the 
coming month. So if you would, uh, both of you could really kind of give us an overview about that, talk about you know, the themes, the programs, uh, and, and let's let everybody know what's coming. You want to do, you want to do that, Maureen, or? Well, you could talk about the theme. The theme is the African-American family. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. I'm trying, I want to pull up the calendar um, as I'm looking at that. Um, yes, the theme is about the Black um, African-American family and the actual contributions that the family has um, put, you know, given to the history of of, uh, of our country, and so um, and how the family, um, not so much uh, from a cultural perspective, but more so how the family has. What am I trying? I guess what I'm trying to say is how the African American family how even in their struggles, they remain resilient, even and how even in the slavery days up through now in 2021, how um, knowing how what they, what sacrifices they made, how, um, how they had to endure certain um, things in their life, um, they still pressed on. They still pressed on. They still had much to contribute, and 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 do and they do to this day. And it also just speaks to, um, again, like I said, their resiliency. But um, through it all, they remain steadfast. Love this country as much as the country. You know, even through the tribulations and all they've gone through, continue to love this country. Um, Maureen. When I um, speak about that, I like if you don't mind just chiming in um, when we talk about that, because I actually, you know, as um, as an instructor here, I teach sociology in the family, but um, it touches on more cultural differences. You know, um, it doesn't really touch on so much the African American family. Um, however, I do try to pull out the differences and how even how we raise our children, you know, um, um, which is, you know, very conservative in most ways, you know, which some families might be a little more liberal, you know. No, just, no, no, no. <laughs> We're conservative. Very when conservative. When it comes to that Bible verse, what's that? Spare the rod, spare the child? Is it? Spare the rod, spoil the child. Spoil the child. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. So, you know, it, we're very conservative when it comes to that. And it speaks about that in um, in that in the course that I um, that I teach. So, you know how um, children, they they watch us like in any culture. They look at their parents and how their parents are, are um, being how their parents carry themselves, how they're being portrayed. And they are uh, a product of that. But um, in terms of our theme, again, getting back to the resiliency, where we are as a people today, as a family, very tight knitted, very much um, involved in, um, in, you know, evolving and make and helping to make things. Um, I guess I'm getting a little tongue tied, but helping to. Yeah, the, the thing is that. The 
the, the thing is that that we we want to celebrate the black family not in its stereotype but in its diversity yeah. yes and and in in the many ways that our families are like every other family in in you know we have as many married as unmarried couples divorced as widowed we i mean we run the gamut we have large families and small families right we have parents who do an excellent job and parents who need parenting you know we we have it all just like any other group and but, i like to add and to your point right and not to cut you off but and we and this and it just popped in my head we embrace everyone everyone yeah. in our family i don't care who you are you bring them my son can bring anybody home and and it's much like i'm sure other cultures as well but everyone is always welcome very welcoming you know and doesn't matter your skin color or where you came from or what you are you know where you are in life it's just a very welcoming um group of uh, people the family is just a very strong unit when it comes to african-american family extremely strong unit Right. Go ahead, Maureen. I'm sorry. Yeah, do you want to jump no, into the programs, Karen? Okay. Excuse me. Do you want to jump into the programs? Sure. And, you know, so so the the concept of family is is woven throughout our um, sessions. Mm -hmm. We um, we're beginning it with um, our opening day keynote speaker is really focusing on the students themselves rather than the family at large. And um, what we have is a young man who is a rising motivational speaker. And his goal is to help students think of, get them started thinking about what they want with this college experience, how they see themselves in the future and how they can start planning to get there you know, that he's, he calls it Unwrapped Your Gift. And he's um, really focusing on the student themselves, their own decision-making processes, their beliefs in themselves, how they can build their self-esteem, uh, et cetera. So I, I think he will um, be well-received. I hope he will be well-received. That was our goal when we invited him. <laughs> I heard a couple of his presentations and thought they were um, outstanding. Yeah, outstanding for for our uh, yeah. I audience. think he's going to be well received. I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and our next, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's on that's, Thursday, mm -hmm. um, February fourth. Mm -hmm. right. right. And then on yeah. Wednesday, February tenth, it's going to be Dr. Thomas Kramer. Is that right? Kramer. Yeah. Right. So correct. he's going to be speaking about reparations for Black descendants of slavery. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that should he be is, very interesting. Uh, speaking from uh, some of his own personal experiences growing mm -hmm. up in Germany and understanding how war reparations were uh, paid and how um, families were compensated. And he immigrated to the uh, U.S. And he, his, his focus, his area of, of work is on um, race and race relations. And he is very interested in the views of repara on reparations. He worked with uh, the students and the administration at Georgetown University on their, um, they actually have a plan to 
uh, find and pay reparations to the 272 slaves that the university held during the era of slavery. Mm. And he is going to talk to our audience about um, what he did and what others can do. So I thought that would be a very mm -hmm. good session. Right, that's great. And then Thursday, we have um, February 11th, an Afro-Caribbean and Nazi era, oral history mm -hmm. and black family by Mary Romney. Great. That should be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, She speaks about um, how Sailor becomes a prisoner in a Nazi concentration camp during World that's War II. That's her father. Wow, so. That was that, her father. Mm -hmm. And she wrote, wrote that biography about him. Very few people know that um, there were non-Jews in, in the concentration camps. And so this will be uh, eye opener. And yeah, for a lot of people. Sure, absolutely. So then on Monday, February 15th, right, they're going to be um, presented by some of our very own Kim Meekins, Dr. Tonya McCoy. Uh, we'll be speaking about mental illness, stigma, and the Black family. And they'll be present, presenting that in two parts. The first part is family and mental health. And the second part is overcoming mental illness, yeah. which is real in all areas of uh, our um, of our um, country here. But um, African-Americans do um, no doubt experience that just like the next person. But how what will be different about that is, well, how you how it's viewed um, by many others. And so they'll get to speak about the family and the mental health and how they overcome that. You know, I, I am really excited about this two part um, program because they're going to, you know, present something that is not so much today. It, it is waning off a bit today, but mm -hmm. as I was growing up, uh, it was rather taboo to talk about mental illness within the mm -hmm. um, Black culture, particularly the Caribbean culture. And I'm Caribbean by birth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was something, you know, everybody had a crazy Aunt Sally, but, you know, right. they didn't really mean crazy. crazy You know, you just don't talk about that. You just don't talk about it, right? Unless no. you talk about it within the family. You're not outside you talk about it within the family, but you know, right. you don't take it outside of the and and a lot of people suffered because of that. Suffered very badly. And I and think it had a lot to do with, like you said, and like I was saying, is how they're viewed, you know? Um, yes. Because they didn't want a stigma attached to this crazy Uncle um, Uncle Sally or Uncle Joe, you know, um, still in that protective mode. And so you didn't um, speak about it unless it was spoken about, you know, among one another. Um, that so, is yeah. true. But it's also mm -hmm. true that uh, for a very long time, until the latter part of the... 20th century, mental illness was still viewed by too many people as a form of weakness mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. you can get over that. Just pull yourself together and, right. and you can do right. that. And, you know, that it was a horrible thing to happen to uh, people who suffered from the illness. So I'm very <laughs> happy that this is um, going right. to and then also obtaining the care too wasn't always the easiest thing to get. So, Correct. You know, yeah. 
So where are we? So we're on, and then Wednesday and the 17th of February is five steps to using your privileges, powers, and talents to create sustainable action plans to support the Black Lives Matter movement presented by Angela Scarfia. Tell us about that one, Maureen. Oh, you wanted me to jump on that one, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Sorry. Um, okay, Greg. Yeah. yeah, so we've been looking forward to working with this group. They're called Trail or Not Trail for a while now. We finally were able to to line them up for this program. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it was, it's pretty self-explanatory in the title. It's going to be using you know whatever powers, privileges that we have as individuals, and we all have different levels of those things to support mm -hmm. the, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and in addition to supporting any, any kind of movement of that nature, that, that was one thing that the, the this group wanted us to make clear is that this is, while focused on the Black Lives Matter movement, it, it's a larger conversation in that, you know, we all need to use whatever talents we have to help each other. Um, but yes, in this particular case, there's going to be, you know, a tangible action plan uh, to how to support the Black Lives Matter movement. So I think it fits really, really well with the, the slate of activities that that we have going. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. And this speaks to the fact that education is empowerment. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's what this is all about. Right. It's not just reading books to read books. It's it's so that you have a handle on something and you can use it. Mm -hmm. So th this is great. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have Wednesday, February 24th. Again, one of our own, Randy Green from the Financial Literacy Specialist. She's going to be speaking about don't let your money fall through the cracks and explaining in that money management workshop, talking about how to control your finances, taking control of your finances, and ah, to understand your money personality, how we spend, why we spend, and the importance of budgeting. So that that's extremely important, um, especially um, for young people as well as older, but to understand that, you know, I'm finding, it's so funny, I speak about this now, but my son, you know, he is so involved in um, learning about purchasing stock now. You know, he purchases mm -hmm. first stock just the um, just yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, he's watching YouTube videos day in and day out about how to become more um, versed in, you know, learning about stock prices, how it works, the whole gamut. And so, you know, once we can and um, teach our young people about how to become more financial literacy, you know, understanding that the more empowered they are, you know, more they can do for one another and themselves. And especially African-American community is important um, for all people, obviously, but a young people, um, that's not something that um, has always been the focus. I always said, you know, in high school, why don't we have a financial literacy course, you know, um, to teach how to use a checkbook? Do we people use checkbooks anymore? I don't even know. You know, everything is done online. But, you know, anyhow, you know, it's just a lot of people be surprised that don't know um, much about how money works, you know, and how to save and different avenues of saving. So. I think that that's going to be a very good thing. Maureen, and even fewer know how to make their money work for them. Exactly. And exactly. that and that is so key. You know? Yeah. yeah so, you know, talk about the family and and old time. You know, when I was a child, my father used to tell me you can either spend money or have money, but you can't do both. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was my early, yeah. early lessons in, in money management. Right, right. 
Yeah, and I, that's where it ends on that day, I believe. That's it, right, Maureen? On the same that's day. right. Yeah. 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 So I think we have a really good, um, really great program ahead. Yeah, but I, we also this, have a contest. We have a writing oh, contest. Right. That's right. Go ahead. Speak about that. Yeah. We have a writing contest, and um, the prize money is still being set, but um, it's going to be worth your while. <laughs> the The we're thinking about this current political climate and um, we're having a contest asking anybody who is a Bergen student to contribute um, an essay in which they discuss or describe um, a black life that they see as important and explain why it is so important. I was reading, reaching for the exact wording, but I think I uh, left it in my um, machine. Okay. I was. Um, okay. We'll attach as much information as we can. Whole, uh, scanning a whole lot of um, things. So it, it is a, an essay contest in which, you know, what black life matters to me. And you can talk about a person you actually know, a friend, a relative. It could be a famous person, something. But um, we're hoping to pique some folks' interest and get that essay contest um, as part of our program. And the, the winners will be announced at our closing ceremony, which is on uh, February 26th, beginning, it's a Friday, beginning at uh, 6 p.m. All right. So we have that incredible calendar of activities coming up and we'll attach as much info as we can when we post this podcast, you know, and everyone listening, please keep an eye on your emails and the Bergen website, social media, the events calendar, you know, it'll all be out there in, in ways you can participate because everything's going to be, you know, virtual this year. So all the, the links will be there to the programs. Um, and, and as I say, we'll, we'll post that all in there. So uh, thank you both for all of the info, but before we let you go, I do have our traditional question. <laughs> the, the slogan of our, our show is leave your mark. So hopefully you're both going to be at Bergen for many years to come. But the question is, what mark do you hope to have left at Bergen by the time you do leave Bergen? <laughs> Either one of you can go first. I know it's kind of a, a toughie sometimes. Yeah, that's a tough one. But I guess I'll go first. You want to go first, Maureen? Or? No, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to think, you know, what mark well, would I like to leave? Okay, well, while you're thinking, I'll just add that, you know, I guess for me, you know, if I have, if a student can walk away having remembered me for something that I did that I was able to help them with, saying that, you know, Dr. Manning or Professor Manning, she, you know, understood or she was helpful to me or she was able to help me to do, to be successful in this area. Or even if an adjunct walked away and said, you know what, um, you're making things a lot easier for us. Just to be remembered as someone who has helped somebody along the way. If I'm able to do that and help someone and get to the next stage in their life, um, and which has brought me to why I teach and why I'm in academia, because how better way to help someone to, to succeed, you know, and what I know that I can share with the world. So hopefully through being in this wonderful team of great educators and the black and um, in our, you know, in our um, group right here, um, Black History Month Committee, that's awesome. And that's going to definitely be one of the marks I hope to leave behind as well. 
And, um, you know, with that said, you know, there's so much more we're learning and we just want to be able to share it with everyone else. And the, those week of activities coming up, is going to be something for everyone. And hopefully everyone will be able to join us and be a part of it and just learn. Because I know there were some things that we talked about that I know a lot of people didn't know. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there is so much to learn. So hopefully that would be my mark that I will be remembered for having helped someone along the way. I can't say anything different because, you know, the the my reason for being at Bergen is, is to teach. I like to reach students. And, right. you know, to this day, you know, if I get a phone call or a note from a former student, you know, I, I, I remember for many years, a student that I had at City College, I, we, we ended up at the same hairdresser <laughs> and we would see each other periodically, yeah. you know, head in the sink or something. And it was always like a great reunion. And she, she went on to become a chemist for Revlon. And, you know, it was just so wonderful to see her successful. And, and you had something to do with it. And I, and, and, you know, to know that I was part of that part of it, um, sure. journey. And that—that uh, that is really what I hope to do—to to help empower students to travel their journey and and be happy on that journey. Amen. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, once again, we would like to thank Maureen and Deborah for joining us to preview the Black History Month celebration at Burn Community College. All right. If our listeners have any questions about this episode or would like to make any recommendations, please contact us at studentlife.bergen.edu or our Instagram page at bergenslc. For Jared, Greg, and Ian, we hope to see you next week. And to all our bulldogs at home, keep on barking. And that wraps up another episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future guests, please email us at studentlife at bergen.edu. Thanks for stopping by.